You are live with Get Connected. Mike Agarbo here with John Beeler. We've got a great program today. Really interesting, actually. Very different. Yeah, we're uh, going to be talking with uh, the uh, the lead from a uh, Canadian rock band. His name is Rain Maida. He's uh, with Our Lady Peace. They've been around for a while now. Uh, some uh, great music there. They're, they've always been kind of a technology kind of uh, enthusiastic band as well. Yes, definitely. And so they're launching a, a new tour. You know, obviously uh, things are happening again, but making it more of a theatrical experience with holograms. Some pretty cool technology. Yeah. Uh, so we're going to get him on the line to uh, explain what that's all about and what it takes to make that uh, happen. We'll also be talking about streaming. I think most of us have things like Netflix and Disney Plus. Is it become cable now? Those things add up. They, they certainly do. Let's uh, talk about some of the uh, the news, John. Uh, one news item uh, that caught my eye was DeLorean. You remember the DeLoreans from Back to the Future? The uh, the cool. I, what kind of were they made out of? The stainless steel. Stainless steel. I yeah, think, yeah, and it had the gullwing doors. Uh, super, super cool. They didn't make it back in the day. No, the best thing that ever happened to them was Back to the Future. Yeah, <laughs> and. You know, with all these tech events we go to, how many times have they had the Back to the Future car? They have it more often than literally an open bar. Yeah, I, th- I, I think there's just this one guy that owns one of the, <laughs> the cars from the movies, and that's how he makes his living. Yeah. Yeah, that's okay. I think I've got a picture of me in, in that car from like one of the CES shows that I went to. I drove one once. No. Yep. And it drives? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. But not to the future. <laughs> okay, enough. so it's coming back. They're uh, they're making an electric version of the DeLorean. Yeah, apparently they're going to be unveiling it in person in August at a very big, uh, I guess, vehicle showcase, the Pebble Beach Concourse de Elegance on August 18th. So this is going to be a very interesting <laughs> entrance. Normally this place has like Ferraris and Lamborghinis and that kind of high-end vehicle type of thing. The DeLorean, the new DeLorean will be coming there as well. You know, I, I always wonder about some of these companies. Like, are they going to be able to make it, John? Like, we've seen Tesla, and they're starting to get some success now, but it's not an overnight thing, right? Like, you, you can't just start a car company overnight, a new one, and, and hope to... Well, just look at all to the be the next Ford or Toyota. Look at all the other, specifically trucks companies, like Rivian and... There's other companies like Polestar and Lucid. They're just Fisker. just starting. Yeah, and a lot of people don't even have never even heard of those brands. Like Tesla, they can't even make enough cars. No, right? It, they're, they're sold out. It, yeah, it's hard to build giant manufacturing <laughs> facilities. Do you know what I mean? Like it's billions of dollars, and even the big the big car companies have yet to produce mass quantities of electric vehicles. I think what's interesting though about Tesla and perhaps DeLorean and other companies is they're not constrained by the baggage of history. Like some of these other companies are no. like, they've got some really innovative ways of manufacturing vehicles that the big guys have trouble keeping up with. Did you see there? Someone posted a, um, a drone fly through of the German uh, gigafactory for Tesla. Yeah where they were literally flying a drone from outside looking over the parking lot full of completed vehicles inside and through the machines that actually make them. And a lot of those machines don't exist on any other car manufacturer's floor because of the unique way that Teslas have figured out how to 
make and manufacture these cars. Yes. But they had to figure that out. Yeah. Like, do you think like a DeLorean says, hey, I'm just going to go buy one of those machines? No. No, <laughs> like, exactly. I think Tesla's like kind of made these on their own. Anyway, you know, we'll uh, we'll see what happens uh, in, in the summer and fall here when they actually unveil this. I, I don't think we're going to see a production version of this for a few years. Probably not. Did you see the, the April Fool's joke that Tesla pulled? No. Uh, there was an announcement that Elon Musk had uh, killed the Cybertruck. <laughs> Cybertruck is uh, Tesla's upcoming electric truck that all Tesla people, enthusiasts are like drooling about. That's been delayed now yes. into, into next year. Anyway, there was a, a press release that went out. I don't know if it was Tesla or not, but it basically said that Elon Musk, uh, looking at the development costs, has decided that they're going to cancel the Cybertruck. You should have seen all the Tesla nerds oh, lose they, they, lose their minds. Yeah, I can imagine. And, and you know, it's April first. Can I, I always I always laugh when I see April first stuff comes up, especially in the morning. Yeah, especially on the West Coast, because all the East Coast time zone people have already had the jokes. Yes, and then people and we're late to the party. We're late to the party, and we basically just lose it because we think. I mean. <laughs> Even here in Vancouver, one of our favorite little after work spots to go for a drink, they said they were changing into a sports bar on April 1st <laughs> from a live music venue slash bar yeah. and everyone just lost it. Like, oh my God, I can't believe it. The city has so few good venues like you guys. And, and everyone's like, look at the date. <laughs> I want to talk about timing. Uh, there was also an announcement from Dyson this yeah. past week. Yes. And what, like, I don't know who figured this timing out they they released news of a new gadget that they're coming out with called the zone <laughs> and it it was basically released on the night of april like going into april 1st well and because we got the embargoed release and yeah. we're like what time zone is this like is it april 1st somewhere and this is like just a or early, march 31st yeah, yeah. Like, like it was right, right on, on the cusp yeah and so when i first saw the press release uh, a lot of times journalists they get pre-release news which we did that we're not allowed to talk about till a certain day and i think on this particular instance it was like april 1st yeah and so we 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 looked at the picture of this zone uh device from dyson essentially it's a pair of over-the-ear headphones noise canceling headphones like big yeah and with a magnetically attached mouth guard that is an air purifier it looks like something out of star wars you look like a power ranger (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and I'm just looking, I'm like, this This has got to be April Fool's. Yeah. I just, who's going to wear this? Nobody. But we'll find out, right? It's going to be available in the fall, uh, unless this is still an April Fool's joke. I don't know. They're going for the long game. They're going for the long game. Uh, but, you know, Dyson, they've been into the air purification business for many years now. They're fans, uh, air purification fans and humidifiers. They sell gazillions of them. I've got a couple in my home. They're great. Yeah. And so now they're bringing this to your mouth. So it's not touching your mouth, but any of the air you're breathing in is purified, I think, up to 97% of allergens and pollutants. Also, like they've been, this has apparently been in production for, or in the works for a number of years, like six years or something like that. Yeah. But I'm also wondering, like, is now the best time at the sort of, well, I hesitate to say the tail end of COVID. Yeah, timing might have been good like a year ago yeah right or at least to announce that it's good. but how much can this thing be john like a good pair of noise canceling headphones are in the hundreds of dollars now you put this air purification which is hundreds mask of on it which is like this thing's 
I, if I had to guess, like six, seven, eight hundred dollars. Yeah. I'm. I'm. But you'd be ready for cosplay. <laughs> Reminds me of uh, you remember Batman? You know Bane, the villain. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> fall 2022. When we get one in, we're going to do a segment on it. And John, you're going to have to wear it around for a day. Oh, well, that'll be fun. Will it? Okay. Yeah. Okay, we have a lot to talk about here on Get Connected. When we come back from the break, we're going to be talking about the future of rock concerts, music acts. We've got Rain Maida from Our Lady Peace, a very popular Canadian rock band that is infusing music with holograms and a whole theatrical experience coming up here in 2022. Back after this. You are back with the program. Mike Agarbo here with John Beeler, broadcasting live across the country, Canada's number one tech show. Uh, we've got a really cool guest on the line, John. I would say so, yes. Yes, and I'm excited about what's going to be happening uh, here. We've got Rain Maida with us. He is uh, the man behind Our Lady Peace and uh, touring again. Thanks for joining us, Rain. Yeah, very happy to be here. Thank you. Uh, we don't usually uh, promote concerts on our, our show, but uh, what you're doing is, uh, I, I think, fairly unique. I would, Yeah, well, let's, let's hear it from Rain himself. Yeah, I mean, you know what? It's this amazing intersection between um, music and technology. And we find ourselves like, um, there's so many touch points that it's it's pretty crazy. So we made a record in 2000 called um, Spiritual Machines based on Ray Kurzweil, who is a, you know, futurist, technologist, um, I don't know, brilliant MIT kind of guy, um, actually invented the first keyboard among 300 other things. Um, but we based this concept record, Spiritual Machines, on his book, The Age of Spiritual Machines, got Ray involved where he came to Toronto when we were recording and kind of gave us little um, sound bites of some of the predictions he was making for the next 20 years, starting in 2000. Uh, ends up that over the course of COVID, we celebrated, uh, well, kind of, not really, but kind of celebrated um, in solitaire, uh, the anniversary, the 20th anniversary of Spiritual Machines. And it kind of made us take a look at that album and see what Ray got right in his predictions, everything from cochlear implants to driverless cars, obviously coming up on Singularity, we're not there yet, but he predicted that we'd be exponentially closer, which we are. Um, and it kind of gave us the idea as we were starting to make a new record, it should be a follow-up, if nothing else, then for the reason of getting Ray's next 20 predictions or next you know, 20 years of predictions. So he's back. I was just in Boston a few weeks ago with him. And one of the key things was it's amazing that he gave a bunch of new predictions on Spiritual Machines 2, which came out uh, a couple months ago. But again, they're sound bites. And I think, I feel like our fans would want to dive deeper into some of those concepts. And the concepts are big, talking like UBI, so universal basic income globally um, in the next 10 years, um, talking about climate change and how technology and computers will, will have a much better um, solution than you know me driving my Nissan Leaf around LA, carrying my bags to, to the Whole Foods will, will ever do. Um, and, and a bunch of other great predictions. So it just felt like, how do we, you know, we, we can't afford to bring Ray on tour with us, nor would he probably want to. Um, but this hologram technology has kind of developed so far past what we probably think of like Tupac at Coachella, where it's this glitchy kind of see-through image, still cool. But where it is today in this company we're working out of called Art Media out of Toronto, I'm actually under NDA. Um, so I'd have to kill you guys if I really explained it to you. <laughs> But it's it's amazing. It is like nothing you've ever seen. The person is there 
within this container and um it's going to change a lot of things um never mind music so anyway we get to bring ray on tour with us talk about some of these concepts a little deeper and bring like two ais that he created named molly who appears on the first spiritual machines record and cassandra who is um uh, still hadn't hasn't been introduced to the world but will be on this tour and then some other special guests as well like we're kind of really <laughs> just embracing it and and the, the possibilities are kind of endless we actually my manager told me you have to stop yesterday like you know where we have so many ideas on who to bring with us because they can come and it's all virtual so i might not even be there i might just be virtual it sounds like Ray is doing all the work. Like, what are you, what are you bringing to the table there, Rain? <laughs> well, we're still hoping to put on an incredible rock show. But yeah, this is somewhere between theater and and rock and roll. Um, so it, it, it's. I think we coming out of coming out of this kind of pandemic, we wanted to do something more special. Um, the record we made, Spiritual Machines, too, I think is is the best OLP collection of work we've ever made. We were lucky to work with a just a you know mad genius producer here in LA named Dave Siddick who's like a literally a hero of mine he's in a band called TV on the radio and has produced you know tons of from indie the coolest indie artists um to like Jay-Z and Beyonce so he's got a Grammy with them he he just helped us the first thing he said actually like it's the irony is crazy he said yeah I really like this song stop making stupid people famous if you guys want to do a record I'm down (laughs) I don't usually do this but I'll do it it just has to feel like future rock music so future we just can't get away from future um so really you know it's like if this was the last record we make as a band i could probably be okay with that and same with this tour it's really going in with those attitudes that if this is it for for olp then i'm good with what i think we're about to present on stage we're talking with rain Meta. he's uh, one of the guys in our lady piece if uh, i were one, one of your band members should i be concerned that i'm going to be replaced by hologram in, in in the next couple of years like you're going to be rain and the holograms like gem and the holograms Remember yeah i haven't seen that um but i i i mean the possibilities are are kind of out there now and and uh, music is one thing but you know I, I think for ray ray was so fascinated when we were filming in boston he just was like enamored and just felt like you know what i don't have to go anywhere anymore i can literally do this as a hologram live even obviously and and probably get the same impact and have people feel that authenticity there. Um, so I, yeah, it, it's, it's a game changer. Art media is incredible. The, the technology they develop and these boxes are, are pretty wild. It, it's hard to convey what this would be like over the radio, which is what we're on right now. And you and I are talking over zoom. So this is like, not like a zoom. This is literally like having Ray in front of you giving, on, on stage yeah. on stage. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, because it's life-size for one, so I think that helps in terms of not convincing, but feeling like you are in a room with someone. And then just the imagery, you know, the 3D imagery as well, the, the, or the hologram imagery, it's just, it's kind of scary, <laughs> to be honest. Does this add like a, a, a big cost then to your tour? Like, I, I know musicians have had to really adapt over the past couple decades, you know, with the advent of digital technology, and a, a lot of the money is made touring from what i understand uh it sounds like this isn't cheap (laughs) uh yeah that's a great question it's it's not um luckily um with our media we 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 partnered with them where where they're helping um you know we're maybe one of the first use cases for them i think this is the first time a lot of people are going to see this technology across canada at least so and and down in the u.s actually so it's i think it's a great great partnership all the way around 
but yes, definitely expensive, and, and we couldn't have done it without without art media. And so, how many cities are you playing in with this experience? I think this first leg is 17 or 18 cities, and there's only a couple U.S. dates on it, and then the fall will be, I think we just leave out on this first leg, the East Coast of Canada. So we'll do the East Coast and then head down south. What's involved in actually packing this stuff around? Um, we're going to find out. I mean, it's... <laughs> it's uh, is this fitting yeah. in the back of your Honda or like no, to take it, trucks and trucks? It's definitely a, a go. It's, it's a concern, and we're doing a bunch of pre-production stuff, uh, moving these things around, seeing how um, stable they are, how robust they are in terms of like being lifted into trucks. Um, you know, there's going to be one in the lobby of every venue. We've kind of chosen like theaters, soft theaters, because we want it to feel like a theatrical experience. So you're going to get an electronic, like an NFT as a playbill um, when you walk in, and it should feel like that experience. And then. Like I said, when you walk in, the first thing you're greeted by is a hologram. Um, could be a us, could be a Molly. Um, but, you know, it, it starts as soon as you enter those doors, which is kind of cool. We're talking with Rain Maida. He's uh, the man behind Our Lady Peace about uh, their upcoming uh, tour, or I should say theatrical experience uh, that uh, integrates music and technology and holograms. We're going to have to take a break. If you can stick around, we uh, want to chat with you a little bit more, Rain. Of course. When we come back from the, ra- uh, when we come back from the break... More about holograms. Stay tuned. You are back with the program. Mike Agarbo here with John Beeler. We're talking with Rain Maida. He's one of the the folks behind Our Lady Peace, a very popular uh, Canadian uh, rock band. Uh, I guess almost a, a theater experience. Now, uh, your your audience, like, are they into this technology? Is it half half? Do you get a sense? I mean, we we sold um, five hundred albums as an NFT in January. Um, definitely kind of helped hold our, our the hands of our fans through that process but i think they get it i think they like it um anyone that knows us over the last year has known uh i've been experimenting with uh, an nft live event um kind of po app app called drops which you know um is on the block and and so they 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 get that we're we're leaning into it and i think this is another extension like that's why i said there this intersection between music and tech is it's just not one touch point. It's all these different ones. So I, you know, on the hologram side, I think it's just going to be fascinating for them, hopefully, as it is for me. Like, honestly, I feel like kind of a kid when I'm watching these things. And, and like I said, some of the people that are going to join us are going to blow minds, people that they haven't seen with us for, for some years. You know, I don't want to give it all away, but uh, they're going to be excited just by that. Um, never mind the fact that it's this incredible technology that's producing it. So hopefully you just sink in and, you know, it's like, I, I usually hate seeing movies with actors that um, I know, to be honest, um, just because it's hard to get over whatever the last role was. But the really great ones, um, you don't notice. And at some point, they're just who they're trying to be. And I think hopefully these holograms, you know, after a couple of minutes, people just accept that, wow, it feels like that person's there. And I just want to enjoy the experience. I imagine that this type of a show it's going to attract all of your regular fans that maybe aren't up on the technology. So this will be a really interesting spot for them to understand or learn about NFTs and this type of stuff. If I'm like a, a, a fan that comes to the show. Sorry about that. That's okay. I, I am in my studio and I hit play. <laughs> He's not a hologram. <laughs> right. So if I'm a fan and I come to the show and I don't know anything about NFTs, is there going to be someone there that can help? explain what this means to me or do you think you're going to have some audience members that might get these nfts and not know what that means 
Um, uh, yeah, I, I think that's a great question. I, I, I try to not go there. And I think the, the Drops app with two R's, um, definitely that's part of the mission is simplifying this for a music fan. It's for a fan of music. It's not for, you know, some speculator in the crypto world or someone that's trying to start a, a PFP community. This is really about um, just digital goods. And, and you know, I, I'm a big fan of like, you know, um, Poaps and 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 just the idea that I, I'll tell you guys straight up, anyone that comes to an OLP show right now, I consider to be a super fan. So the whole proof of attendance protocol, like if you come to that venue, you bought a ticket, you're going to get something. You're going to get a digital collectible, uh, an NFT, but you don't have to know what it is. And it's not something that I think my fans want to go try to, you know, sell for a million dollars. This is just a token of like a reward for saying, hey, thanks for hanging with us for how many years and you're going to get a collectible and it's going to get you access to a few other little things, you know, um, maybe it's going to help donate some money to a charity, but we're, we're working in the confines of things that our fans understand, except for the fact that you get this thing digitally and you get to hold it in a wallet and it doesn't have to be a crypto wallet, by the way, that's the technology underlying technology of drops makes it so you do not have to, you know, hold a MetaMask wallet to collect these things. It sounds like we should have rain back to talk about drops on our app show. Probably. <laughs> well, explain uh, in a nutshell drops to the, to the listeners out there that don't understand that. Yeah, so we use presence as a criteria, um, at least our main criteria for understanding that a person's at a show and for being at that show as opposed to going on a website um, where you need, you know, uh, a Chrome extension and 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 uh, a laptop or something to to go into an auction. This is different. This is just you're there. And so with one click, you can sign in and start collecting. And like I said, I think, I think for the next little while, it's just about rewarding fans um, with NFTs. And, and we, just, we just built some underlying tech. My, my uh, co-founder is a guy named Mitch Butler, who was a founder of a company based out of Kitchener-Waterloo called Mapped In. So he's like a geo whiz. He's uh, just a genius um, all around. And so we, we actually tested this app before the NFT boom. So we tested it before COVID really uh, again on that criteria if i just want to be able to i look i've looked out at these crowds for 20 years now guys and i can't talk to them i can try i can think i talk to them through i won't name names but any social platform um i think i know them because they're streaming songs on any dsp but at the end, the end of the day i don't i don't own that community i don't have access to that community if, if one of those places misbehaves um changes an algorithm my, my growth slows down i can't I can't take that community that I built for five or 10 years. They're not portable, right? So when I think about, you know, web 3.0 and, and the differentiators that are important from, from the first and second version of, of the internet, it, it's about portability for me. And, and I want to connect direct to those fans. That's part of the value prop, but it's also being able to, to really own and manage that community. So drops, we have a, I have an audience every night and drops is the, the tool that, that connects us and builds this real community that, that, you know, OLP is in, in kind of charge of. And I think the fans appreciate that. We've been talking with rain Maida of our lady peace. Uh, tell the, uh, the listeners where they can find out more information about your new uh, theatrical tour. Good question. I mean, our OLP discord is a great place to join and, and go get, um, you know, just giveaways and find out how to get into the VIPs and stuff early. Of course, Ticketmaster um, to buy tickets to the to the concert and 
like I said before at the beginning, this is a spectacle like nothing else. And, you know, like I said, if this is the last OLP tour, I think we go out with a bang, which would be great. Um, and then, you know, on the other side with drops, you're going to, you know, if you download that app uh, prior to the tour, you're going to get a lot of, a lot of great stuff and be part of a community that, um, I, I just feel like I'm allowed to think digitally and care a lot more when I know that it's my community. It's not some big corporation that owns it. Rain's been talking all about the wonderful future theatrical uh, theatrical experience uh, coming to a lot of the the big cities here in Canada. I think in the June timeframe, like Vancouver, Calgary, uh, Toronto, you got to check it out. Uh, probably the nerdiest uh, rocker I've talked to <laughs> yet. So, uh, good luck with everything, Rain. I appreciate you guys. Thanks for having me on. When we come back from the break, more tech to talk. Stay tuned. You are back with Get Connected. Mike Agarbo here with John Beeler. The world has gone streaming now, John. There is so many streaming services right now. It's funny. I, uh, I went camping this past weekend. I went up to Whistler, got a new trailer, and uh, they've got this great RV park up there, Whistler RV Resort. Uh, it's up on a ridge, kind of halfway up the mountain, and they've, they've got Wi-Fi. And I'm sitting up there in the mountains. <laughs> really roughing it oh yeah you should see this it's crazy this trailer i got this big 50 inch tv and like a little fireplace underneath and yeah i'm streaming netflix and amazon prime every so often though during peak times you know come around seven to nine o'clock at night i'm just buffering like crazy right do you know what i mean yeah yeah i've actually set up a uh, a hard drive with a bunch of movies that i just brought up so if i run into that issue i can just go or you just know to not try to use wi-fi in the evening what am I going to do? Do I have to go outside and enjoy the, the great outdoors, have a fire or something? Uh, anyway, streaming. There's so many choices now, right? And it's getting so fragmented. Remember before when it just came out, Netflix? They had everything. Yeah. This is the big problem that I have with these streaming services. Everybody that owns a major property that I'm interested in has their own streaming service that I have to subscribe to if yes. I want to watch that show. Yeah. And so the, 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 the days of Netflix being that one stop, or even Amazon Prime, which has gotten really good over the last few years, they're pulling all the, the good shows that you want to see, unless it's an original from those particular services, are being pulled so that that copyright owner, Paramount, Warner, NBC, Universal, yeah. yeah, all the different companies. So they have their own service. So yeah, so Paramount's got Paramount Plus, and they have a lot of content. They do. They do. Lots of movies and shows. You're into Star Trek. That's the place. Yellowstone in 1883. That's the place to get it. Uh, Disney owns all the Marvel, all the Star Wars, and of course, all the Disney movies and and TV shows you're used to. NBC's now got Peacock. Uh, It's NBC Universal, and they've got truckloads of content, you know, friends. Right. Uh, So, yeah, by the time the dust clears, you're up in cable territory. As far as price. I think, well, if you're a big consumer, I think you're probably well beyond cable territory. The, I guess the interesting thing is, can you get all those things on cable? I think you could. I think you can get a majority of it. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I mean, and cable's gotten better, John, because uh, they've, they've gone digital in many ways. So yes, you watch it on cable, on your TV, but most of the uh, service providers like Shaw or Rogers, TELUS, you can actually go online through their app right. and watch it or stream it yeah. on like a streaming box or your phone or tablet. Well, and a lot of the streaming services, they're also st- they make it, making it harder for people that want to binge unless the show is already like done this season. Yeah. So you still have to wait 
until Tuesday night to watch Ted Lasso or yeah. something else like that, right? So the idea of having this shared communal TV watch that we used to have yeah. with cable is kind of coming back in a lot of ways. Yeah. Because you have to wait for the weekend episode of your favorite show to, to actually be on the streaming service. And then, like you said, some of these cable providers actually make those episodes available the same day that they drop on those services. Yeah. So, you know, if you are the in this digital age, you could get, you know, a cable package and, you know, get things like HBO and, and all these channels and pretty well have access to everything out there. I mean, there are a few... Uh, streaming services um, you might be missing out on. Yeah. Right? There's there's a lot of great original content coming on the Netflixes and, and Disney's and, and stuff like that. But uh, again, it's so funny when we first started streaming with Netflix, everyone's like, I'm dropping. I'm dropping cable. I'm just yeah. going to spend 10 bucks a month. Cord cutter. I'm a cord cutter. But that's just, <laughs> you're not spending 10 bucks a month anymore. Well, no. And that's the thing is cable was a bargain back then. Yeah. And it looks like a bargain again. Well, when I recently had to change my providers so I could get faster internet, I was basically given cable at a very, very approachable and affordable amount. Yeah. And then I realized, since we were talking about this, I pay more to my streaming services than the cable portion of my bill is. Yeah. And I've only got a couple. I don't have them all. No. I only have a handful of them. I dropped a few because they don't have, you know. So, John, in essence, you're paying more for content now than you did before. Absolutely. But the, I the studios win. <laughs> right. But I also wonder how long this is going to last. This is kind of reminding me of the music streaming service services yeah. back in the day. Remember when Walmart had a music streaming service? Yeah. Tell us had one. Yeah. Where they are those all now? did. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, you're, you're either all in or you're not. Right. Right. And, and we look at these, these tech companies over the years, uh, the video game companies. It's Xbox or PlayStation. Maybe you can throw Nintendo in there. Yeah. Um, Windows or Mac, iPhone or Android. It always comes down to like a, a couple, couple big big guys. So like how do they consolidate the streaming services? Will that happen or do we have to have separate agreements with all these different streaming services? Well, I think that was the problem in the initial days of Netflix and, and the like is they didn't have very good rights and deals with the producers, the actors, all the people involved in creating these shows. Now that stuff's all baked in. Yeah. So it'd be e it's easier for it to be more portable because you're basically paying for the whole shebang of that show. Yeah. Right. And, but I, I, I do think that we're going to see some consolidation of some of these services. We're already starting to see like Amazon buying MGM, for example. Yeah. So like Lord of the Rings, James Bond, all the MGM properties. And there's right. a lot. Right. So I'm going to make a prediction here. Speaking, yeah. speaking of Ray Kurzweil, um, it'll be Netflix and Amazon. Yeah? Yeah. What about like Disney and all those guys? Yeah, maybe. But I think from the the Mac and PC equation that you just described, yeah. I think it'll come down to Amazon or Netflix. Do you think they're going to buy out the other guys? They'll buy out the other ones. Yeah. Maybe someone like Disney won't. There'll be a collaboration with one of them. Yeah. But it, the thing is, Nobody is winning on the consumer side right now. We're all paying a lot more for all this stuff. Yeah. The studios are winning because they're forcing you to subscribe to that channel or service for your favorite show, but you're not going to do that forever. Yeah, it's interesting, right? So you're thinking it'll come down to two. Maybe. With three. some fringe. Yeah. 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 Like eventually one of the big guys, Netflix or Amazon, will buy Paramount 
and will buy NBC Universal? I don't know if they'll buy the whole studio. They'll just this, that studio will get tired of being a streaming service. Yeah, and they'll sell their their the rights for Netflix to air their stuff. That's an interesting concept. You still have cable, right? I do. Yeah, <laughs> you're paying a lot of money. <laughs> well, my cable was very inexpensive. Yes. It was basically a, a free bolt. Well, the, yeah, my my provider did the same thing. I said I don't want it. Yeah, and they're like, well, we'll just throw it in. <laughs> yeah, no, and, and that, that's what I was trying. To, I was trying to yeah. get less channels. They gave me more. Yeah, and I didn't have to pay anything extra. Yeah, uh, you know, I, I do kind of miss it because you know, there's some channels I'm missing. Like it's it's harder for me to get global now. Do you know what I mean? Well, you couldn't watch the Oscars live. No, I was so disappointed. Like I couldn't find any streaming service free that would allow me to to do it. You'll just have to come to my house. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. uh, it's, it's been a great show we uh, have a li- little bit more to talk about uh, we're going to have to take a break when we come back a little more tech to talk stay tuned you are back with Get Connected Mike and John here don't forget to listen to our sister show we have uh, a very cool program coming on it called The App Show it's on every Sunday across the country and Saturday night if you are in Toronto uh, we're going a little retro tomorrow on the program a little more retro yeah. Commodore 64s. You remember those? I sure do. Yeah. We were more Atari. Yes. But uh, it was quite the rivalry back then. There yeah. were the Atari crowd and then the Commodore crowd. It was Mac and PC all over again. Yeah. It's weird how it always comes down to two, right? Yeah. Uh, so we're going to be talking uh, with a, a cool guest about his collection of uh, Commodore 64s and VIC-20s that he's done over the pandemic and, and how you can even uh, play some of the, uh, the software and the games on your Mac or Windows PC. And people are still making games and apps for these and platforms. They're actually better now. Yeah. Uh, and you can still run them on a, a Commodore 64, which is kind of cool. And if you have a Commodore 64, you might be surprised to find out how much they're probably worth. Yeah. So if you've got one, dig it out and tune into the app show tomorrow or Saturday night in Toronto and find out how much it might be worth. You will be surprised. A lot of this old tech is, uh, is quite valuable. I knew my hoarding skills were coming handy. No, yeah, me too. Like I got like tubs full of old tech. You remember the zip drives? Yes. I told this story. These are uh, kind of, they're supposed to be the successor to the floppy drive. They could hold like a hundred times more info on their disks. Right. Until the CDs came out. Until the CDs came out and killed them. Uh, I had two of these drives sitting in my, my tech cupboard. And so I, I put them on Craigslist and I literally got 200 bucks for each one. Yeah. Like who would think? Like, you know, 30-year-old tech. Yeah. And you, did it even work? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, but it was interesting, uh, you know, who were using it. One guy was uh, rebuilding an old classic Mac, and he was just plugging it into the back and using it as a hard drive. He had some software to make it use right. the, the disk as a hard drive. And the other guy was in into music, and he hooks it up to his uh, synthesizer. Yeah. A lot of the old synthesizers used zip drives to uh, <laughs> store stuff on. want to thank everyone that helps put the show together. Robin... And John, we'll see you again next time.